Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've been speaking on the subject of uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, we've been focusing in on the scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And again, I, I just want to say, I'm going to refer to a couple other scriptures. But I just wanted to say, you know what? When we get born again, saved, there's so much that we need to renew our mind to. We were well, just see, talking getting saved is just the start. Right, that's the save. A lot of people think it's finished, well, but well, that's the start. And it's really simple because you're born again. And if you think of anything that's just been born, it really doesn't know anything. It probably thinks it does, but it really doesn't well, know anything. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Once, <laughs> yeah. But you have to learn everything. So once we get born again, we're born into the kingdom or the family of God. So we have to learn all these things that God knows and desires for his children to know. And the scripture says in Isaiah, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. So as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. So now our responsibility is to get our thoughts in ways and believing up to where God is because we're in the God class now because we're born again, we're saved, we're redeemed, we're reconciled and restored back to the Father. So now we get saved, we got to do the Romans 12 too continually, which says don't be conformed to this world. That's that kingdom of darkness that world system, that Babylonian system that we came out of, that we were programmed by, and Satan runs that system. But he says, on the contrary, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And over in Corinthians, it says that we're being transformed into the image of Jesus. In Romans, it says we're being conformed into his Im image. That's God's desire. And that's going to take some time and effort on our part because we have to diligently seek that way or go after that way. And instead, a lot of Christians, they stop short as soon as they get saved, and then they don't do any follow-up work. Well, and, see, they think grace is an excuse for a careless life, and it isn't an excuse for well, a careless life. We have to, like you just said, we have to work at it. Yeah. Well, if, so, you, if you don't make time to read your Bible, you won't ever do it. Right, right, right. You, you gotta, don't make time to pray, you'll never well, do it. Well, that's why the Scripture says in Hebrew, Hebrews 11, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we were just talking before the broadcast about you know, things we didn't know previous to being saved. We were just talking about the supernatural. We talked about that earlier this week. And we were just talking about it, supernatural 
with life and you was just talking about a person passed away and uh they spirit stayed behind <laughs> and uh i was giving you my uh testimony about that happened to me in a property i owned and i had to go in there and use the authority that's been given to me by jesus and command that particular spirit to 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 leave that dwelling because i owned the dwelling now and i had tenants there and that spirit was bothering <laughs> now, now, and and you know we don't want to get too far off track of what we right. started talking about but there are people listening right now and say man vince and richard just went off the rails here that that none of this stuff happens this what is happens? why this is why in america and i think we talked about it two or three days ago we want to say we're into science we're into logic we're into all this stuff and so we we just poo-poo the supernatural to the point where we want to just think it doesn't even exist. And there is a supernatural world. And we don't run it. You know, the president doesn't run the supernatural world, right? The U.N. No. doesn't run that. And so we don't like to even think about things that we don't think that we're in charge of. God is in charge of these things, and we... We don't even like to pretend that they even well, exist. Well, and he's given us, those who are born again, redeemed, restored, reconciled back to God, he's given us authority to operate in that realm now. Right, we don't have to be afraid in that realm. Right, because we're really just spirits living in a body. I, I call it our earth suit. Well, and again, I can't. Yeah, or I can't. And, and that's what we are talking about this week. We're saying, you know, some of the things you have to renew your mind to is the supernatural because the, the Bible talks about the supernatural. The whole Bible Miracles happen right in the, in the supernatural. supernatural. So you got to be open, and that's the truth as well. So you got to be open to that truth as well, and renew your mind to that truth. See, the doctor says you got two months to live. That's the natural. When God heals the person in that condition and they're completely healed, that's the supernatural. That's the supernatural. See, but we're so in tune with just our natural, what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears and feel and touch and smell that that's what we think that's all we think is real we don't even think about the other well, well, even uh, again to my next scripture over in second corinthians paul talks about that too and remember what we just read in first corinthians 118 the message of the cross or the message of god is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved this is the power of god and, and again we believe what the word of god says that's why paul said in first corinthians 2 Four, he said, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. That means intellect. You analyzing something. He said, but in the demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith, your confidence, your trust, your belief should not be in the wisdom of men and in intellect, but it should be in the power of God. Now, what you just said, I'm going to answer that. He says it down here in um, verse 10. He says, but God has revealed these things to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things just the deep things and i want to drop down to verse 14 it says but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness to him so and he's talking about the natural man that's the unsaved man or it could be what the scripture refers to as a carnal christian right one that be don't believe the supernatural nature. The yeah nature so, says this so, is the way so it if is. god tells you you know that you're three parts spirit soul and body and there's a spirit realm, and there's an invisible realm. It says that God created all things visible and invisible. I think that's in Corinthians or Romans. And you got to know that there's an invisible realm. And again, I like to break stuff down real simple. 
when you use your cell phone, you're using something that you can't see. There's waves going out. We call them frequencies or something. They go out. You can't see them. That don't mean it ain't happening. You know, we're speaking over radio waves now. You can't see that. I'm looking at Richard. I can't see his brain, but I believe he has one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, just because I can't see something don't mean it doesn't exist. So, again, there's an invisible realm that exists, and God told us that we are to operate in that realm as well. That's all I'm saying. So, again, I say we want to break Christianity down to just, you know, watch observing the law or being good. And we don't want to observe it for the supernatural part, like miraculous healing, miraculous financial breakthrough. That's where we started out. Deliverance. You know, yeah, ago. deliverance. And and I'm always harking back to the scripture where Paul tells Timothy, people have a form of godliness, but they don't understand the power thereof. Right. So we have a form. We're, we're being good. We're we're trying to be loving. Well, we're trying. And, and it goes beyond just going to church and stuff. We're trying. We here, have a form. Here's of another it. definition of form. In construction, you, you form the walls, right? Or you can form a molding out of something, and it can... I can construct a, a building that looks like a house. <laughs> I can form it in the shape of the house, but as soon as you go in, it's probably ho- it can look hollow on the inside. It has a form of a building, <laughs> and we they do that. Hollywood does that really good. They call them sets right. or but props. I mean, the form that we have is yeah, we go to church and all that stuff. But even at, even beyond that, we try to be good. We try to be loving. We try to to follow the Ten Commandments. That's a, a form. But we don't understand the power, that the power of God actually exists to heal people, to, to perform miracles, to do all these things. And, and there are people still today, oh, there's no miracles today, the, the miracles don't exist today. And yet I hearken back once again always to God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was doing miracles in Jesus' day, he's doing miracles today. And there's no reason to think that he doesn't. Well, and again, back to that in Galatians, that or you referenced that scripture in uh was it that form of godliness? Timothy, yeah. Timothy. Here's the form of godliness and denying the power. You're denying the power that God can still love you after all you went through in life or which the mistake you made. Well, that's called you're denying his grace or his love and his power and his favor will still work on your behalf, even though you had this, this rocky road, rocky pass. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And you, some people still condemn themselves because they have a form of godliness and they deny the power of forgiveness. That God so loved the world, he forgave them through his son Jesus. So, again, the power of God, it says, back to that scripture, the message of the cross is foolishness. You know, that, that's foolishness to forgive somebody after all they've done. And we, we're like that in the natural. And we'll say it, oh, I can never forgive him. Well, or I've, I've heard people saying you, I'm sure have two, I'm sure. I can forgive, but I'll never forget. forget. Right, right, right. And I know people that that's like their motto. So now we, we, we approach God that way because he said, if you confess your sins, I'm faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And your sins will be as far as the east is. There you go life. right there. He said, I, I won't even remember him no way. He says, your sin and your iniquity, I blot out. I won't even remember. So we try to. Bring God down to our thinking. Yeah, remember? we think he remembers. Right, we think he remembers. He just said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than yours, so are the heavens higher than earth. He says, I'm way up here. So now I want you guys to start thinking like me. So if I think 
I can forgive and forget. If I believe that, I want you to believe that. And I want you to operate like that. So if I believe, and I demonstrated that through my son Jesus, how to cast out demons and walk on water and multiply food and get tax money out of a fish mouth and lay hands on the blind and the lame. Well, he said, that's how I believe. He said, I want you to believe that now because you've been redeemed, restored, reconciled. But I tell people all the time, you got to practice. That's called righteousness. You got to practice righteousness. You got to start doing the little things. You got to practice giving. If you've been a hoarder, you got to now start practicing because God so loved the world he gave. He loves a cheerful the giver. sinful nature, though, said, and uh, the God of this world and worldly wisdom says, if you give it away, you won't have well, enough. And the scripture says the God of this world, which he, re meaning the devil, blinds the minds of those who right. believe this not. This is why we can't no longer be conformed to it, though, because that's what the world teaches. If you give us away, you won't have enough. Mm -hmm. God says, no, give, and I will multiply what you have the storehouses won't be able to hold it. And that's, but that's not that's counterintuitive. It's so against the logic of this well, world. Well, the, the the world system, the kingdom of darkness taught you contrary to that. And again, yeah, kingdom of darkness. Get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can, right? <laughs> kingdom of darkness equates to blindness. And I've been just meditating on, he said, the God of this world has blinded minds. Then he tells us we came out of the kingdom of darkness. And he said, if the light in you is dark, how deep is that darkness? They all go together. Blindness, darkness, and it's all related to Satan in his kingdom. And, and the scripture says we're in the kingdom of light. Lest the glorious gospel of the light of Christ should shine upon you. He called us children of light. So light illuminates darkness. So we are to go and let our light so shine and we can do let our light shine by operating in the supernatural. When we lay hands on the sick and they, they get recovered, when blind eyes are open, when lame are walking, when we extend forgiveness to the unforgivable, when we bless those that persecute see, us, pray for those life You don't have to see a miraculous healing but, well, for you, people to believe that God is real. When they see somebody actually honestly forgive somebody. Well, that, that's that a should, demonstration of the spirit. There you go. You're demonstrating it now. You're right. a demonstrator. I mean, and that speaks to people. And, and anybody can do that. That's a small thing. That ain't no, you didn't, you didn't part the Red Sea. Well, you did as far as heaven's concerned when you forgave somebody. <laughs> but we think, you know, Something big. But no, do something small like forgive somebody. Prefer others over yourself like the scripture says. That relative of yours that does you wrong, forgive them and, he said, and actually really mean it. Again, and everybody in the family is going to see it. And, you are, and with that, you're operating in the supernatural because you're, like, you're saying to yourself, well, that's impossible well, for me the, to do. Right, in the natural, <laughs> I'm going right, to right. oh, you know, but, but remember, right with, with things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And here's the deal. We are with God because we're born again. Remember Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're with him so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can forgive people. We can bless those that persecute us. We can lay hands on the sick. We can believe God for this huge debt to be canceled. We can believe God for this provision for this, this new building or, or a down payment. We can believe God for that because... That's how God operates. God doesn't remember now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think or imagine. That's who we are now. That's what it means to be redeemed, reconciled. Jesus proved it by walking on water. 
He did it all kind of, he multiplied food. He did all kind of stuff and he was our samples. He was the sample son. He was an example for us to follow. He forgave the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. Jesus said, we're your accusers. Well, I don't accuse you either. So he did that constantly and we're to be demonstrators just like he. And it's going to take, you know, we got to grow up. Scripture says we grow up into Christ Jesus. You got to start with the little stuff probably forgiving yourself well you know as we were talking about growing up earlier it always brings back the picture in my mind when you bring a newborn baby home nobody brings that newborn baby home lays him in the crib and says the work's all done we don't have anything more work to do it's all finished no the work is actually just starting right well when you have a baby christian or if you are a baby christian the work is just starting you're going to mature over time it's not an instantaneous now you're completely mature never going to sin again it's it's a but, but just think about the baby coming home. The parent is consistently working with that child. So I tell the Christian, when you get born again, you need a consistent life coach. In the scripture in Ephesians, he said he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping or perfecting or maturing of the saints, the baby saints. You got to be brought up consistently so when you separate yourself from that five-fold ministry and you call yourself a christian and you don't have a pastor an evangelist a prophet have a fellowship right right you don't have a life coach so how are you being fed and, and grown up because that baby that comes home he can't feed himself yeah he need mama or daddy to feed him and again you're a baby christian so you got to grow up and the scripture says into all things to the fullness of christ jesus and you're going to need some help with that. You're going to need some spiritual mentors. You're going to need some life coach. A great athlete has a coach. They may be better than the coach, but they have a coach. And God's given the five-fold ministry for you, for us, to grow up in. And, and these are some of the things we're going to grow up in, the supernatural stuff. Right. We can't just grow up in, and just want to be holy and wear long dresses and no makeup and no jewelry. Okay, now you got just the form. But, but what I, I tell some of my Jehovah's Witness friends that's out here witnessing, they go door to door. And I think, you know, the, the regular church should be doing that, too. But I tell them and I see them in my community. I tell them, OK, y'all knocking on these doors. Now, what happens when you encounter somebody who's lame, who's sick, who's blind, who's going through it? You're just going to give them a watchtower and, and, and be out? Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus is going to lay some hands. He's going to speak some words. He's going to demonstrate. He ain't going to say he is a watchtower come to our building on such and such date. He going to demonstrate it with power. That's why Paul said my speech and my preaching are not just when enticing words of human wisdom, but they're in demonstration of the spirit and power. Meaning I'm going to talk this, but now I'm going to demonstrate it. Jesus did it too. And here's another one. Jesus told the story of the Samaritan. Somebody beat the guy up and left him from dead. And the religious person walked on the other side of the road. Two of them just <laughs> yeah, walked yeah. away. But Jesus, the Samaritan came over and, and helped the guy out. He wasn't just a, a here, but he, he did something. And Jesus said, which one of them was a neighbor to him? Or which one of them showed him love? Which one of them was a demonstrator of, of who I am? And again, when we're encountering people, we got to demonstrate the love. Because remember, Christ in us, the hope of glory the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. What do you think it's living inside of you for? For do to finish the works, to do the miracles, signs, and wonders. We say it all the time on this broadcast. The whole earth is waiting for who? The manifestations of the sons of God. It's waiting for us to demonstrate the kingdom. But we 
you got to grow up and you got to grow up into all things. And now, as you were talking earlier, and I want to be sure that everybody understands what we're saying here, that you need to be a part of a church. You need to be in a Bible believing church. You need to have a pastor who's preaching the word. That's not enough in and of itself either, though. You need to go home and be studying the word yourself because you I can't hear enough in that half hour, 45 minute sermon on Sunday and think, well, that's it. That's I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to get fed again. Almost everybody I know goes to, to a meal somewhere after church, whether it's a restaurant or home or whatever. They go home and they eat. They go to a restaurant and eat. They go somewhere and eat. And nobody says, well, I don't have to eat again till next Sunday. Bye. I'm all good. No, you're going to eat again between from one Sunday to the next. You're going to have a midnight snack, too. <laughs> right. And the same thing has to be true with our spiritual life and our spiritual feeding. You can't say, well, that's enough there. I don't need to worry about it again till next Sunday. You need to be in the Word every day yourself. Well, I tell people this, Richard. It's just like in the natural. I try to relate things with simplicity. In the natural, in academics in America, we send our kids to school and even in college. Yeah, they go there for their six, seven hours a day, do their work there at school, but they go home with some homework. They do some more stuff when they get home, especially college students. You're going to get some homework, some stuff to do aside this. And I tell people on Sundays, okay, because we get a lot of students from the university in high school. And I tell them, well, you know what? Doing Monday through Friday, you're getting an academic education. When you come here on Sunday, because we're a Bible teaching ministry, you're going to get a spiritual education. I'm going to feed you spiritually some spiritual food. And the spiritual realm is more real than this physical realm. Because everything we see in the natural started out in the spiritual. And God created this. Well, see, there's there's another thing that the world doesn't believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, because this is the most important. What you no, can what see you and see, touch. No, the scripture said, while we look at, not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are unseen are eternal but the world teaches this is more important that's why they come to us richard and get a spiritual education why you why we can't go by sight but by faith by the word of god because the word of god said there's a spiritual realm right and i believe the testimony of the lord the report of the lord then i do the university (laughs) let's let's just oru or Roberts University. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, we have to teach. We're commanded to, to reveal these things to people, Richard. That's our calling on our life. We have to, re- and we can't be ashamed of the gospel. Well, see, and, and to go back to it again, and, and we say this at least once a week, the purpose of this is not to beat anybody up. Oh, no. The purpose the, is not to make people feel bad. The purpose is to get your faith on, on fire, fire, right? To ignite your faith. <laughs> not so you go home and go, oh, man, I'm failing again. I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. Oh, I guess I'm just a failure. That is not the purpose of this. Well, you know what? I tell people all the time, Richard, God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. Every single when you, one. When you get born again, that's just, that word just, just a revelation to me. Born again. I mean, I got a second chance. Remember what Nicodemus said? And How can one be born again? And Jesus said, no, that's what's born of the flesh is flesh. But that's what's born of the spirit is spirit. See, Nicodemus Uh-oh. understood what Jesus was talking about, but he equated it back to natural. the natural world. And Jesus laced them up with some... I, how can a man go back and start over? He realized he needed to start over. He'd screwed up. Right. <laughs> but how can, a, how can a man go back and, and do it and, over? And Jesus gave him the revelation, some understanding on how to do this. He said, unless one is born again, he cannot see or know or be part of the kingdom of God, of what God's doing. And God's desire is to always bring heaven to earth. I know a lot of Christians want to get saved and hurry up and get to heaven. God says, no, 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 no. I want to get you saved and get some heaven on earth. Remember? Thy kingdom come. 
his will be done here on earth as in heaven. So God has a plan and purpose for all our lives. And he wants to use us in a greater degree. He wants. We're his vessels. We're we're the body of Christ. We're Jesus's hands and feet. He wants to use us on the earth. But I tell people all the time, God can do. Only so God can only work in and through you to the degree that you believe. You got to believe the. you got to repent and believe the gospel. You can't be trying to analyze it using logic. Ain't no miracle was done by logic. You can't use well, that. You got to throw that away. And that's why he said back to the scripture for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being per are perishing. But to us who are being saved this is the power of God. First Corinthians 118. I mean, but, when Moses parts the Red Sea, that's not logic. That's not logical. Nothing that's, in this Bible is that, logical. That's, that's not something that science can prove. The birth history. of Jesus wasn't logical. A virgin going to conceive without a man? Wow. And Mary just said, okay, be it unto me as you have spoken. Again, she received the gospel. And that's how we are. But again, God has a plan and purpose for our life. And we have to stay connected to him, like you say, not just on Sundays for 45 minutes. You got to stay. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. You need every word to constantly be coming in. That's what's going to increase and build your faith on fire. And you're going to go out and be a world changer and a history maker. And the scripture says this. These signs will follow those who believe. In his name, they will cast out demons, lay hands on the sick. Speak with new tongues. To speak with new tongues is more than speaking in tongues, I believe. It means your whole conversation is different. You talk like God now. You don't talk this defeated stuff, oh, whoa, it's me, or organ <laughs> recital. No, you talk triumphantly, victoriously, because you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the right, world. Right, plus in joy. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Know, you have joy. You have Even, joy. <laughs> I was I had this very discussion with somebody earlier today. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes because of outward circumstances. You know, something good happens, so you're happy. So, you know, somebody does something for you, you're happy. Joy comes from inside. Joy comes from inside us as the gift of God so that you could have something negative happen to you and still have joy in your life. Praise the I've Lord. I've seen people do it. <laughs> you see me do it. And, you know, and yet people think, well, if something bad happens, you have to be sad. You have to be bummed out. You, you can't have joy. Well, back to the word of God. Now, if you're a student of the scripture, it says count it all joy when you go through various trials, tests, temptations. Knowing that it's a testing well, of your Christian confidence in, in God. Anything to do with the well, you know what? We're here to ignite the average Christians in America's faith on fire and, and mean, get them to be not we, just a hearer, but a we, doer we of the world. We can take all the joy we can get. We can take all the happiness we can get. But boy, you started talking about tribulation. Boy, we're going to. We well, you know what? It, it's part of, the, uh, of who we are. We have an enemy now. We have an adversary called the devil. That old serpent called the devil. I thought he gave up on you when you became a Christian. No, no, no. You got a big C target on you now. So he's after to get you. But that's why God wants you built up in the faith. Because the scripture tells us to fight one kind of fight, fight. He called it the good fight of faith. You know why it's the good fight? Because we win. He didn't say a bad fight. Well, anyway, that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.